Today on the news and why it matters, a former U.S. Attorney General says Bill Barr is unfit to be AG, and you're going to roll your eyes when you hear who it is. Uh, also, a congresswoman promoting fake news about the Jersey City attack and white supremacy. And Don Lemon has a full-blown TDS fit over a meme on the Internet. We've got a lot to get into, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez today, joined by a TV host extraordinaire, mm. Stu Bergier. I was trying to come up with some creative title for you, but Not quite grand enough. But you can try again later. Okay, all right, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> Conservative commentator Grant Stinchfield, who is looking extra snazzy today. Uh, by the way, yeah, I well, love. Well, I figured, why not dress up? It's Thursday. That's a great point. It is. Thank you. It is Thursday. Uh, and TheBlaze.com's own Aaron Colon. Thank you guys for, uh, for being here. I, guess, I mean, you didn't dress up as no, much, but you still look nice. Sorry, you didn't tell me. <laughs> Do I look really bad like the other times I come on? Or is it just... <laughs> no, it's just... He usually extra. texts me what he's wearing, but he didn't. <laughs> it's just extra fancy. Okay, good. Uh, got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. Uh, Stu actually worked with American Financing a while back and knows firsthand that they, they are the go-to for any of your refi, home loan, consolidation, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I must have called 10 or 12 different places and did a bunch of comparison shopping. Um, uh, because I'm obsessive about those sorts of things. Um, and in American financing was definitely the best place I dealt with. I mean, they walked me through every single piece of it. They told me about all the, you know, all the little clauses and weird things mm -hmm. they have in there. Um, you know, a lot of these loans, they told me what to look out for. Um, and, you know, they really did kind of bring me through the entire thing, made it very, very easy. And as I've mentioned before, and you like to bring up often, uh, they, uh, <laughs> they uh, you know, I was looking for kind of a weird, a You're very irresponsible loan, <laughs> uh, and they were like, "Well, it's not really what we do here. We, uh, you know, do things that are responsible, responsible sensible. Um, but if they'll give you that, go ahead, take that. I mean, they basically said, go ahead, take another, you know, go with another company if you want. I mean, that's." It's because, as you mentioned all the time, it's like it's they're, they're not worried about the commission. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, it's their salary base. They just go through it and they just give you, you know, here's the deal that we have. We think it's it's a really good one. And, you know, if you want to take it, great. If not, go somewhere else. Yeah. And that's that's a great way to do business. You can go to AmericanFinancing.net or you can call 800-906-2440. That is AmericanFinancing.net. You want the company that is going, willing to walk away from your business because they want to do the right thing. Uh, all right. So... It's an op-ed in the Washington Post today uh, saying, Will William Barr is unfit to be attorney general from all people, Eric Holder. <laughs> Eric Holder, possibly what, the most corrupt attorney general uh, in history. He says, as a former U.S. attorney general, I am reluctant to publicly criticize mm. my successors. I'm sure he, he's very reluctant, which is why he did it. I respect the office and understand how tough the job can be. Uh, you know, and then he goes on. Last month at a Federalist Society event, the Attorney General delivered an ode to essentially unbridled executive power, dismissing the authority of the legislative and judicial branches and the checks and balances at the heart of America's constitutional order. His argument rests on a flawed view of history. Uh, and he says... Virtually since the moment he took office, Barr's words and actions have been funda fundamentally inconsistent with his duty to the Constitution, which is why I now fear that his conduct running political interference for an increasingly lawless president will wreak lasting damage. The American people deserve an attorney general who serves their interests, leads the Justice Department with integrity, and can be entrusted to pursue the facts and the law. 
uh, even and especially when they are politically inconvenient and inconsistent with the personal interests of the president who appointed them. <laughs> Barr is incapable of all of this. Interesting. You know, it's, it's a bizarre uh, way to go. I mean, I guess, look, Eric Holder's an attorney general. He's, this is, he, he's going to get his op-eds if he writes against another attorney general, mm-hmm. so you can understand why he's going this direction. Um, you know, this is a guy who wanted, was going to run for president if he had mm-hmm. any interest in if anyone thought it was a good idea other than him, which no one did, so he didn't run. Even when, like, 945 people got in the race, he still didn't think it was a good idea. Um, what's interesting about this, I think, is uh, I think Barr's been a huge asset for the Trump administration um, for not just, you know, when people say, oh, well, he's defending Trump. I, you know, I don't think that's the case, but even if you think that's the case, there are people in the Trump administration and in the Trump orbit that are pretty easily criticized. You know, people mm-hmm. who you know make statements that are a little bit outlandish sometimes, maybe aren't always exactly on on the path to truth. Uh, you know, like yeah, look, there's some people who do a little spitting in mm-hmm. the administration and sometimes aren't always the most buttoned up characters. Barr is the exact opposite. Yeah. I mean, I think he's been a huge asset to the Trump administration. You listen to him, his interviews about the IG report that just happened uh, just the other day. He's incredibly convincing. He's calm. He's reasoned. You can tell he has experience. He really knows what he's doing in this job. He's not just out there doing the, uh, you know, bad talk show host auto defense of Donald Trump. He is giving you a legally, uh, you know, uh, based and reasoned argument that I, I found very few in the media have had the ability to take apart. And that's part of the reason why I think a lot of the stuff has gone away with Trump. I mean, he's had, um, you know, I think a, a really good uh, a voice of reason and, and a voice that isn't just freaking out over every little thing. And that's been not only, I think, good for um, uh, Trump, but also good for our, you know, system of laws. There's supposed to be checks and balances. And I think Barr's done a good job so far. Yeah. Grant, it seems odd coming from uh, the man who was held in contempt of Congress in a bipartisan vote for not overturning documents related to a botched gun walking scandal that he would be the one saying someone else is unfit to be attorney general of course fast and furious which i believe he orchestrated this Mm -hmm. debacle that got federal agents killed uh got numerous people killed you put guns in the hands of criminals and, and like you said he blocked Congress from getting any of those documents from inside his organization. And he wants to talk about lasting damage. Mm-hmm. I promise you, uh, between Attorney General Sessions and now Barr, they have a huge task of trying to fix that Justice Department. A Justice Department that Eric Holder single-handedly dismantled and, and made a mockery of. Um, it's not just that. It's the way he handled terrorists as well. He was he was weak on terrorism the, the whole way. Uh, he had no respect for Congress whatsoever. Anytime Congress wanted any information, not just on Fast and Furious, but on anything, Attorney General Holder was there to block Congress. Um, this is the height of Democratic hypocrisy. Everything he wrote in that editorial could be turned right around on himself. Yeah. Aaron, what do you think? Whenever you hear these criticisms of Barr, it's basically the only way that he could win is if he just criticized Donald Trump, if he threw Donald Trump under the bus. So they're not analyzing is what he's saying true? Is he laying out the facts of these reports or whether it's the Russia investigation or this IG report on the FBI? Is it true? In that editorial, he does not lay out any arguments against what Barr says. He just does these broad-based attacks on partisanship and the institution of the attorney general's office and things like that. And so he doesn't get specific. So it's just sort of a, a broad political attack in itself and doesn't have any merit in the facts of how he's doing his job. And it does make me worry that, uh, you know, we're getting to a point in time where we're not going to have good people that want to seek these types of positions because they know that if they 
are if they try to call balls and strikes as balls and strikes, they're going to get demonized by one side or the other. And it's like, why would you want to subject yourself to that type of work? You know what I mean? Yeah, so you have it, to be the kind of person who can just kind of put out that noise. And I think Barr does yeah. a good job of that. He just does what he believes is the right thing to do for his position, for the administration. And he goes about his business, but he doesn't get too caught up in what somebody like Eric Holder is saying about how he does his job. Yeah, uh, it does kind of remind me of not completely the same because James Comey is a piece of human garbage. But <laughs> it's like... Whatever, however you uh, come out, if, you know, people thought he was coming out for Trump whenever he announced all of the Hillary Clinton stuff and all of the left was like, we hate James Comey. And then he came out, you know, uh, on the other side and the left was like, we love James Comey. He's great. And it's just like you can't win anymore in these tribalistic times, no matter if you're just trying to be objective, which I don't believe James Comey was now at the time I did. Even if you just try to be objective, you're going to be demonized. When you think about what Eric Holder did on under Barack Obama, and I do believe the, the, the fish rots from the head, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they weaponized that Justice Department. When you think of going after innocent civilians just because you don't agree with their politics, um, it is everything that is bad with government, and especially big government, bureaucratic government, and of course a deep state that, that I think was, was absolutely emboldened by Eric Holder, and of course, Barack Obama. I think too. I mean, Holder has an incentive to elevate the bar conflict. I mean, you know, he, this is a guy who wanted to be president of the United States. He got no reaction to it. Um, is he a guy that is thinking maybe I can get into the VP race or maybe I can get into another big cabinet position? Well, if I can make myself the authority and go on every show and talk about how bad Barr is, um, taking down a very strong pillar of the Trump administration. It's a nice little path to relevance in the Democratic Party. So I think, you know, that's part of this, right? He's incentivized mm-hmm. to try to make his mark. Among Democrats, among but Democrats. not amongst no. anybody with any common sense, not even those who are partisan on the right. Mm-hmm. Those in the middle or independents are going to look at a guy like Eric Holder and say, come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as they have a memory. As long as they have a memory. Back, and you know you what? Americans have very short memories, unfortunately, <laughs> and they often believe what they're told, which is why Eric Holder does what he does yeah. and writes the op-eds that they do, because... People will believe it until they're told otherwise, which is why you guys have this show. All great points, especially that last one there. (laughs) (laughs) So the suspect in the Jersey City shooting that left six people dead, including one police officer, was uh, he was linked today to a black Hebrew Israelite movement. And he had, of course, published some anti-Semitic posts online, we know now. Uh, Interestingly enough, though, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib... (laughs) tweeted out uh, a uh, a link to the Jersey City shooting uh, information and said, this is heartbreaking, white supremacy kills. Now, she later deleted that tweet when she got called out because, as we now know, it was not a white person who who did this, who was linked to this, (laughs) which makes that a little bit awkward for Rashida Tlaib. It was the black Israelites, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which, you know, was the same group that was uh, harassing the Covington kids back in the day. It's a very dangerous group. It's been around for a while. It's, it's, you know, has, I I believe it's a known, it's a named terrorist group, isn't it? I don't know Um, if it's a named terrorist group, but you could could certainly call it, beyond a shadow of a doubt, a a black supremacist group. Yeah, sure, yeah. um, That is... Fraught with racism mm-hmm. um, and violence. It is. It has been described as a hate group by the SPLC, okay. of all places. I mean, so. certainly, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt <laughs> I mean, about if, if this. They're saying it. I think they believe, their belief is that they are the actual uh, chosen people. Mm. 
um, which uh, you know, hey, uh, I mean, it, the views are the views, but uh, when you start putting them into into uh, effect like this, and they, you know, they seemingly now. Because initially they said they didn't think it was a targeted hate attack, and mm-hmm. now they had seemingly a, an actual actual bomb that could have gone off mm-hmm. uh, in their vehicle. They were obviously prepared with lots and lots of weapons and did target uh, Jews in this attack. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's funny because, I, you know, if it was what Rashida Tlaib wanted it to be, a white supremacist, this would not be a story that would go away in an hour or a day. This would be a story we'd be talking about for months and months and months and months and months. And, months. Um, and you know... I, that's unfortunate because, you know, look, there are really terrible, like her point, her actual statement is true. White supremacy does kill people. It's bad. It's really bad. It's a toxic, awful ideology. And, I, and everything that we can do to get rid of it, uh, you know, and it largely that has been done, I would note. Um, but absolutely, we're all in that same battle. And I don't, I don't want any, any part of it. I don't want anything near it. And, and whenever you see it, it should be, you know, tossed away immediately. But the same thing goes for people uh, like this group who are just as bad, just arguing for a different color. Yeah. Uh, Grant, Rashida Tlaib was not the only one who came out and did the oopsie on the whole, you know, white supremacist, white nationalist. But uh, Joy Behar also went on The View yesterday just on a na- national, you know, nationwide television show spouting the same nonsense. Watch. You will concede that uh, the nationals, so these white nationalists have been let out of their holes. It's, listen, it's an awful, divisive time mm-hmm. when you're allowing folks to be able to express these kind of views, no matter how they are, no matter what the ethnic, religious bias they have. That's got no place in this country. It's so, interesting that this is what they jump to. Yeah, and, and it, it, they set Governor Christie up, right? Instead of saying, hey, how about we wait until the facts come out? How about we wait until we actually know who the shooters are? You know, I used to work for NRA TV, and this was the narrative that we would report on every day. And you're spot on when you say that the media will now totally ignore this story, mm-hmm. because not because it was two black people who, who were behind these guns, but because it wasn't mm-hmm. not just a white nationalist, but it wasn't a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. They die for an NRA member, which is, mm-hmm. well, as far as I know, has never been behind any of these attacks. A Trump supporter would be their holy grail in these things, and they would focus on it for days and days and days. Um, the bottom line is this, this guy behind it was a criminal. He had weapons charges behind him. He shouldn't have had a firearm. You'd see some of them coming out now already yelling about more gun control, gun control, gun control. There are already plenty of laws on the books that shouldn't have allowed this from happening in the first place. The bottom line is if you want to cover stories like this, then do it truthfully, do it honestly, mm-hmm. so we can figure out real solutions, mm-hmm. not going after good people exercising their constitutional rights, meaning all of us who obey the law and they want to come take our guns over things like this. Mm. Aaron, what do you think? It goes to show that it leaves bare the narrative that people are just jumping on a narrative. They're not worried about the actual crime. They're not worried about the people who are harmed by it. They're worried about how can we use this to further the point that we want to make. So Rashida Tlaib just sends a tweet, white supremacy bad, and moves on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like she clearly didn't take the time to invest in the situation to see what happened, what she could do to help it. She just wanted to further the narrative and keep it moving. I'd be curious if she deleted the tweet. She did. I think she did. She delete did it. delete it. See, yeah. it wouldn't even surprise me yeah. if, if she, she left it yeah. up. Yeah. Because none of her supporters are going to ever go and actually check and see right. what is fact and what is fiction. And yeah. what's notable is that she's not going to pay a price for that, right? Like, if we were to come out and it's like, let's just say, you know, an attack happened, we were like, hey, by the way, this is definitely Muslims. <laughs> like, that would not be cool. Like, we should wait until we find out who the hell did it, right? Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Rashida Tlaib will never pay a price for, for that. Mm-hmm. She, this, this is, you know, 
know, she kind of gets probably bonus points from a lot of her supporters who, you know, say she took up, took this tough stand no matter if it was right or wrong. Probably say her heart was in the right place or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. All right. Back in a minute with Don Lemon getting triggered. I'm not going to want to mess up. Cringe. See that story of the woman who got attacked in her car? In case you guys have ever wondered uh, what it looks like uh, to see a full-blown Trump derangement syndrome meltdown live on national television, we've got that coming up for you. Uh, but first, we want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, as I've talked about on the show recently, I actually, so <laughs> uh, we, we know a realtor, right? But I was like, you know what? We do these ads for real estate agents I trust all the time. I kind of want to test it out for myself and see if it is as Glenn claims it is. Uh, and it really was. You go on, you spend you know five minutes, you type in your information, you type in your zip code, and you hit send. And uh, we did that, and we had someone call us within 10 minutes, and it was 8 o'clock at night. I wasn't expecting the phone call that evening because I'm like, well, I mean, real estate agents have lives. Uh, so, you know, no worries. They'll call me tomorrow. No, he didn't. He called us that night and we met with him and you know he he laid everything out for us has he's made it super simple in the process so far so if you are looking to buy or sell your home uh, you can go to realestateagentsitrust.com they've already vetted all of these people for their matchmaker i'm sorry for their they're the matchmakers so for their expertise so they are doing this full time they are the uh, the top real estate agents in that area. They don't allow anyone with a life on real estate agents at trust.com. <laughs> that's, 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 that's in the contract <laughs> yes, that they sign. Not have a life. <laughs> so uh, if you want a real estate agent who doesn't have a life <laughs> and will only be working all the time, it's in your benefit. It really is. You got to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Hey, especially any of you who are doing a cross-country move. This is clutch, you guys. You're not going to know where the good areas are. realestateagentsitrust.com. Let them help you. Uh, so Don Lemon, Don Lemon was very triggered, uh, very triggered the other night because the Trump team tweeted out a meme and it was a silly meme and you're not allowed to be silly on the Internet, apparently. Uh, it, it just left poor Don incredibly speechless. Watch. On this solemn day, I'm, I recall that the first order of business for members of <laughs> what? What are we in junior high school? Like, what the hell? What is this? <laughs> like, what? What? I cannot believe that I'm even having to report this on the news. You're not. You don't have to. <laughs> I promise. And it's not news. It's this not is news. Cr- this is crazy. I'm pretty sure he just proved their point. That's that. It's called a troll. <laughs> so that you, so that, that you make the other side angry about literally nothing. 
and he just did it. They just yeah. fell right into his hands like they do every single time. It's incredible. I, I find it to be incredible, too, that they, they act as if they're like these hapless victims. And what? Like Trump telling them what to say. It's like, don't cover the freaking tweet then. Right. It's, your, it's your show. It's your a meme. Network. Yeah, it's a dumb <laughs> meme. Like, I agree. Is it dumb? Yes. Yeah, of course. It's dumb. That's what the Internet is. It's dumb. Yes. Okay? It's funny. I didn't think it was dumb. <laughs> highly credible. Highly credible account. Highly, I thought that was the truth. He was not saying what was actually going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're, they're now going to accuse him of, of trying, of threatening the Democrats. Of course. Of murdering How them, right? How ridiculous is it, too? It, it is, it's jokes. I mean, yeah. come on. I just, I, like, I just get over it. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's the, the typical thing of you're giving, the, if, if you really think it's bad to do silly stuff like that, you're giving the people who are doing it the exact fuel to do more of it, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, and they, all the, the, the goal of the life of a person who's in the meme wars is to get a reaction like that from Don Lemon <laughs> on CNN. It's like the entire point. You know, when I was at the NRA, we had these T-shirts printed up that said, nothing triggers like truth. And the truth of that little meme is that we will take back the House come the next election. Donald Trump will be reelected and poof, all this impeachment nonsense goes away. Well, nothing triggers like truth, obviously. And you can see that on the face of Don Lemon. Yeah. I thought he could have pointed out, like, the movie didn't end well for Thanos, you know. You could, you could have gone to the plot and yes. said, hey, you know what, that's not good for Trump. because he would." Lo- but he didn't go there. He just was speechless and shaking his head because he was so overwhelmed by the assault of this. That's a, re- that's a really great point, and I didn't think about that at first. But one they, thing I was thinking they about. Could've, they could have made him Iron Man, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, right. it could have we'll made him the actual. Spoiler, sorry. <laughs> anyway, but, but well, I was like, he also put his head on Rocky from Rocky Three, which is the only movie he actually lost a, uh, in a knockout. <laughs> it's like he, like every other movie, he had one. Uh, you know, uh, the first movie was a was a split decision. He lost, yeah. and that, and he lost that one other fight. The entire time, you pick the one movie he lost. He's like, there's sixty five thousand Rocky movies. Pick <laughs> one of the other ones. I just find it funny. He thinks he has to report on that, and it's like, yeah. I know we're all on the internet and we're on Twitter and we look at this stuff, but there's a lot of people who don't care at all about what's on Twitter. Most people. Yeah, when you do a whole segment on a Trump. Avengers tweet. I mean, who are you serving with that? I don't know. And he didn't add anything to the conversation. So no, it was well, he didn't add any, even, not even words. Not even you know, words. <laughs> that was Don's take. Well, and to that point, really quickly, uh, there was a report that came out that said that CNN carried only 33% of the IG hearings that were going on, the IG report hearings that were going on, that where they said there, there was blatant, like, terrible, corrupt things going on within the FBI. Uh, they only carry 33% of that, but they carried 99.9% of all of the impeachment hearings. That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm surprised it was even that high. Thanos memes. <laughs> 100% of Thanos memes. I mean, but really, it really makes you, it really shows you where their head is at and what kind of narrative they're trying to portray when they're covering 99.9% of the impeachment hearing and they're covering, as you said, 100% of not just Thanos, but any Trump tweet ever, mm-hmm. but when we want to get to really the bottom of corrupt, uh, you know, State Department, FBI, anything like that. You know, there was it. an interesting poll out the other day, which I think tells a lot. I'm not a big fan of polls, mm-hmm. right? But this one was interesting. It said of moderates, the majority of them get their news from Fox News that they do not go to CNN or MSNBC. Now, those are the keys to winning this election, right? We know Trump supporters are going to all come out in yeah. force. It's the moderates. And if they're getting their news from Fox News and deciding not to go to CNN or MSNBC, that means the majority of Americans are on to the bias of the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. All right, back in a minute. I hope that's true. 
Me too. I don't know. You know, some, it's hard to separate. Coming up in overtime, uh, Trump has signed an order targeting anti-Semitism at universities. We will get into that and, of course, get the guy's very, very insightful commentary on the matter. Oh, I don't have any more insightful comment. I do have commentary, but, oh, but not insightful, insightful anymore. Oh. Yeah, I got tons. Oh. Okay. All right. So you'll make up for him <laughs> not having any insightful commentary. Uh, also, Wall Street Pete, hashtag Wall Street Pete trends as Pete Buttigieg faces criticism for closed-door fundraisers. Um, and I also saw saw that hashtag refund Pete was trending because people want a refund from the campaign, which I, wow. I don't think that's how that works. Can we talk about, too, how uh, BuzzFeed was accusing him of not being gay enough? <laughs> I found that to be a really fat... Wait, just recently? Not, yes, yes, just yesterday it came out uh, that he's not gay enough. That is woke. Do you have Maybe insightful gay. insight on that? Uh, yes, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll walk you through the entire thing. That is really, really woke. Paywall, though. Oh, my gosh. Uh, also, <laughs> abortions are magical message placed on pro-abortions outfits. Holiday party favors. Oh, that's so cute. Obviously, a lot to get into. Uh, you can only watch it at blazetv.com, though, so you got to go there now, blazetv.com. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. President Trump signed an executive order to prohibit federal funding for colleges and universities that allow anti-Semitism. And the order would extend protections against discrimination under the 1964 Civil Rights Act to people subjected to anti-Semitism on college campuses. J Street, a liberal Jewish-American lobbying group, of course, is criticizing the order. They say this executive order, like the stalled congressional legislation it is based on, appears designed less to combat anti-Semitism than to have a chilling effect on free speech and to crack down on campus critics of Israel. Stu, your thoughts. Your non-insightful thoughts, please. Non-insightful, okay. Um, I can can handle that. Uh, You know, I do think, you know, uh, the underlying idea here, of course, is a a good one with the executive order. Um, You know, I mean, no one wants uh, anti-Semitism to be raging on campus, and we do see it from time to time, um, and it seems to be a growing issue, Mm -hmm. frankly, especially with you know, you know the Ilan Omars and uh, and uh, AOCs and Rashida Tlaib's rising with that 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 element of the Democratic Party seems to have a little bit of a problem with the Jews, uh, <laughs> and that is a, that's a little concerning. Um, you know, however, on the other side of that, I think you know is the process of mm. how this is happening, and you have uh, you know I'm not a big fan of executive orders generally. Be nice to pass some legislation if you want something done. And secondarily, you're signaling out a specific group for a special protection where, like, I believe all protections, if you have something that you think is a good idea, that needs to be applied to everyone, not just one specific group. Hate crimes don't make any sense to me. Yeah. If it's a crime, it's a crime. If you murdered me because you hated me or because I was a certain color or a certain religion. Doesn't really matter. What does that mean to the person who got murdered, (laughs) you know, because they were in a convenience store? Very little. (laughs) A murder's murder. And so this, I'm a big believer in free markets, Mm -hmm. as all all of us are. Mm -hmm. If a college is taking part in, in allowing that kind of anti-Semitic behavior to go on, I would argue don't go to the school. Yeah. And, and whether you're Jewish or not, I don't want to send my kid, I'm not Jewish, but I don't want to send my son to a school that, that tolerates that kind of behavior. Um, the executive order, as you said, I believe, too, it, 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 he means well mm-hmm. with it. 
I would also argue a bigger problem on college campuses today is biased against conservative kids than it is anti-Semitism. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Aaron, it, it seems odd that a white supremacist such as Donald Trump would be signing a, uh, an anti-Semitism executive order. Yeah, even this, he's not going to get a win. I mean, he'll get a little bit of credit for it, but people are going to find a way to criticize him for this. And as we've brought up, there are some concerns about how it's defined, how it'll mm -hmm. be applied. But it's a good signal, and you should be happy that you know you're coming out in support or against anti-Semitism. Uh, but again, it's just going to be another lightning rod for criticism for him, and eventually we'll probably forget about it. We don't know that it'll be enforced in a specific way that'll have a real impact. It's more of just like you sign it, you have some PR about it, and you move on. I think is what it is. Yeah. Uh Twitter users, because we all know Twitter is real life, uh, Twitter users have been criticizing uh, Pete Buttigieg. And I, last I saw before we walked out here, it was still trending. Hashtag refund Pete and hashtag Wall Street Pete after uh, he was released from a non-disclosure agreement this week by his previous employer, McKinsey and Company. And it revealed details about his former clients. So, you know, he worked for a global consulting company before he went into politics and he did business with uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield. And let's see what else. Some like Wall Street. Wow, this is the, what an indictment. It's a revelation. I know. Right. <laughs> I mean, wow. They, he did. Uh, he did business with like big corporations. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe it? And you can't. Jobs mm. Right. And you can't do that in today's Democratic presidential field here. I, I want to get your thoughts on it. But here is a little bit of a what it looked like when he was trying to walk to his car and he was being bombarded by people yelling at him. Watch. He's smiling. The mayor of South. That is. The mayor of South. He's so far from Wall Street. <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, he, and he did point out, let's see, at the last November debate stage, he said, I'm literally the least wealthy person on this stage. Yeah. Well, probably true. Worth $100 million. <laughs> no, I think so. It says that he and his husband earned an adjusted gross income uh, in 2018 of just over 150,000. Mm. Between the two of them. Between the two of them. That's what mm. it's I mean, adjusted, adjusted gross income. Yeah. I mean, he's a McKinsey consultant, right? Like that's a that's a pretty good gig. Yeah. Um, so I mean, he he could have gone into a field where he did make a lot of money. Instead, he decides to go become a mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Not to mention, again. I'm no Pete Buttigieg fan, but he also served the country, uh, which right. a lot of the people mm -hmm. on stage didn't as well. You know what's interesting, Stu? So, so two weeks in a row, we found ourselves somewhat being forced <laughs> to defend <laughs> Pete Buttigieg. Right? I know. He was a guy who was so far left uh, of where I am. And, and the fact that we find ourselves defending him because he's really comes under kind of these bogus attacks. And I think it's because he poses a threat to the Joe Bidens of the of the world, which and is why he's getting it. You didn't see this until he started getting some momentum in Iowa, and then suddenly people start to turn on him. You see Warren attacking him now, and the only thing they can go to is which this, is hilarious. Yeah, this thing about Warren's a freaking millionaire. Yeah, yeah, you're you're dealing with corporations. It's the worst thing ever. You had a real job before you got into politics. It's the worst thing ever, and that's why he's smiling as he walks out. This this isn't going to hurt him, I don't think. I well, mean, yeah, and Warren, of course, came from a Wall Street background. Yes. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's exactly where she. So Booker has had all sorts of dealings in that world. I don't. Do I need to mention the two billionaires that are currently running for president? Democratic side, you know um, the new the new model now for the Democratic Party though is bartender. Yeah, yeah. You need to be a bartender. Uh, you need to be a bartender. It's Andrea Ocasio Cortez. Well, I guess you can. Is that an endorsement? No. You can be a billionaire, but only if you're self-loathing. Yes, yes, that's true. You have to hate yourself. I guess I. <laughs> you want to tax yourself very heavily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the funny things, I think, number one, the most important part about all of this is 
you know, and we've talked about this before. At some point, someone is going to have to say something negative about Pete Buttigieg in the Democratic primary or he's going to win. Like, so you have to at some <laughs> point say maybe he's not the greatest guy in the world, which was kind of the standard position for everybody in the Democratic side because they didn't want to say, well, the first gay presidential candidate that's, you know, has a good chance of winning is a bad guy or he, you, know, you can't say anything critical about him. And he doesn't have a record really to run against. So you can't say, well, like, he voted for this, he voted for this, he voted for this because he's never voted for anything. Besides the fact that he believes in left-wing socialist programs, mm-hmm. why shouldn't be president. He has no experience whatsoever to be yeah. president of the United States. I, 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 I'm thankful that he served in the military. That does not make you commander in chief. No. I mean, we do we do have a reality show yes. president. <laughs> I, I, I would judge just to be yeah, objective look, here. Look, even President <laughs> Trump, you're running multi-million, billion-dollar yeah. organizations. You've got hundreds, if not thousands, of people underneath you. It is far greater than the mayor of South Bend. We have Indiana. evidence that he's kind of struggled in that role as mayor. There's been some issues kind of unresolved there that people in that city are not happy with. So that kind of draws in the question, can he transfer that experience in any way to be a good president? And I don't know that that's the case. And I mean, like, look, you know, Trump came in with no experience. Obviously, he wrote, ran a big business. He had a lot of life experience, mm-hmm. um, although it was strange life experience at times. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, I think now Trump never will say he's ever made. He's not a guy who admits a lot of mistakes. Yeah. But I think in an honest moment, if you had Donald Trump in the, in the you know, you, you know, uh, in, in his in his uh, in his uh, office after he's president, I think he would probably honestly admit that the first few months, you know, maybe the first year was a lot. He was getting his sea legs a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Like it takes time. I mean, like there were people that he brought into that office that really shouldn't have been there that he has now sifted through and eliminated, mm-hmm. right? And I think like it, there's a lot of lessons learned, I think, for someone who does have a lot of experience to take someone from South Bend, Indiana, who doesn't even have the experience of a large city or, uh, you know, a state you're running. It's a big jump. I will say he's handled the media side of it pretty well. I mean, it's not easy to jump into that. Well, he's handled it well because the media fawns over him, they too. Do. I they mean, do. yeah. I mean, whatever he's handle. been challenged. And that's the thing. What do you challenge him on? I mean, they're like, well, he fired a police chief. And we thought that was kind of, uh, you know, there was a lot of potholes, I think, uh, on a Maple Street. And that was unacceptable. They were there for like three days longer than they should have been. I, I don't know. What do you say? He has, If he hasn't done anything, there's nothing to say about him. Well, I would say uh, the his usage of the, the stock footage from Kenya on yes. his, yeah, his, yeah, like, his black his black endorsement and then they're the like support of Kenyan, pretty bad. So, yeah, oops, we don't actually have that endorsement and also that was just a stock photo. I mean and like there the the places you can criticize Buttigieg are things like, hey Maybe we shouldn't pack the Supreme Court so you get every outcome that you want. But the left can't say they that don't to want, him. They don't want to say the, that. The crazy things that he's so far left and so much further left than yeah. the rest of the country aren't things they can criticize right now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a massive liability if he goes up against Trump because the, the country isn't in the place where he is, where you want to mm-hmm. pack the Supreme Court. And even Medicare for all who want it is a hell of a large expansion of government involvement in your life. And most people, you know, like there's ideas that you want more you know, free stuff and more involvement. But I think... When it comes down to it, people don't like having their life invaded like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Texas pro-abortion outfit called attention to its holiday party favors for volunteers this year. They are they're just so lovely, hmm. cute little candles that have these little glass encasings with a message reading abortions are magical. 
Um, the party favors also include an image of a unicorn. Now, this is the Texas Equal Access Fund. So it helps low-income and disadvantaged people who want an abortion and do not have enough money to pay for it, which I would say probably don't be having sex without protection if you don't have the money to do that. But hey, that's just me. Uh, and some of the, the little comments that went along with these cute little party favors... These are so cute. Thanks for all the magical work you do, TEA Fund. They're not only magical, they are life-saving. Thank you. <laughs> That's I, a question word. that one. I question that one. Huh? Life-saving abortion. It's usually, you know. I feel like it's the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they're targeting ending lives rather than saving. Why does it feel like they're advertising abortions to like young children mm. with unicorns and Colors and got a guess. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say that they. It's not. It's not here. But I want to say when I was reading this that it said something like uh, that they give this to girls as young as eleven uh, to women as old as forty four or something, That's and they had this awful. big age range that they were See, that they I were touting. Not to, not to be the downer in all of this, right? But <laughs> Just as I'm looking down at this. I can't even make jokes about that. It, no. it is so disgusting. Abortions are magical. It's horrifying. That is insane. It is absolutely insane. I don't even think, you know, uh, at Planned Parenthood, as bad as they are, I don't even think they would come up with abortions are magical. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, too, is like, uh, if you want to have the conversation about abortion, I'm, I could be willing to listen to someone who says it's not something to brag about. It's not something to shout, right? Shout your abortion. It's not something to, like, make into this big happy thing. But I believe it should be necessary for women to have the right to choose. I'm willing to engage in a back-and-forth debate for someone who says right. that. But that's not even where we're at. We're look at a place where it's just supposed to be celebrated yeah, all the time. Like it's a in, happy thing. In terms of morality, where you're saying it's not like, wow, this is a tough thing that somebody has to do to deal with an unplanned right. pregnancy. It's like we're pushing it in parties and celebrate it, and it's like, we're going to look back on this. I mean, we already see it, but a lot of people are going to look back on this down the road and say, what were we thinking yeah. to allow you this know, in our culture, to allow this in our society? Yeah. I've talked to women who have come out and regretted having abortions. I've talked to women who didn't regret it, but certainly didn't feel good about it. I have never once talked to a woman who told me they had an abortion and they came out of that abortion mm-hmm. and said, oh, that was just a magical experience. <laughs> no, yeah, that's not I mean, the word. Yeah, no, it's true. And it's, and you know, the, 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 one of the biggest developments, I think, over the past like 10 to 15 years when it comes to abortion is the death of the word rare. It was mm-hmm. safe, legal, and rare mm-hmm. for years and years and years and years. And they knew, I don't think they actually cared if they were rare, but they, they knew that it was the way to appeal to the American people mm-hmm. that at least we're like, safe. Of course, everyone, if God forbid this is going to happen, you want it to be safe. Uh, legal, okay, they, I understand they're different than me and they want it to be legal. Rare was a, was a push to the moderates, right? It was to say like, we know it's not good and we're going to do everything we can to have as few as possible, but if we have to have them, they should be safe and legal. Mm-hmm. You listen to the activists now, it goes every, everywhere from just safe and legal and they leave the word rare off to shout your abortion mm-hmm. and now it's this thing to become proud of and it's a it's certainly a way to turn off those people who are undecided and kind of in the middle on this issue i mean it is it's it's one of those things that as much as i i find it incredibly distasteful and and, and horrific to, to shout your abortion in a way i kind of hope they continue to do it because it's honest Right. Like they're actually saying what it is. They're not just they're not hiding behind. Well, look, it was a tough decision and we don't want this to happen. Like this is like, you know what, if you're going to you're going to if it's not life, why not shout it? 
That's a great right? point. It I'm, is life, so that's why you don't want to shout it. It feels bad to shout it because you're actually ending a the life. The only fear I have yeah, about yeah. that is that if you've got kids that you're pushing these kind yes. of things on, that they're going to grow up just thinking it's normal. And you've got Democratic yeah. candidates who are saying, let's give abortion pills over the counter now with little uh-huh. supervision sure. and things well, like not, that. And not only that, um, but to that point, you're going to have young girls who are hearing this being normalized and they're going to think that they're going to be able to go and get that procedure done with no lasting consequences, with no lasting effects on them. They're going to think, this is totally normal. I'm going to come out of there and I'm going to be happy. And they're going to come out with a much different experience and they will have no idea that that's really the case because everyone's normalized it and said it's this happy, beautiful thing. That's the, that's the thing that I worry about. Well, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, but, you know, I go back to what Grant was talking about earlier when it comes to free markets. It's like, well, you know, with market of ideas, I think is important. And, you know, the issue is that safe, legal, rare, and rare isn't dishonest position inherently because uh, if it isn't ending a life, then it, there's no reason Shouldn't to make be. it rare. Yeah. Who cares if it's rare? I don't like if it was just you know removing uh, removing a tattoo. I wouldn't care if it was rare. Have them all removed as much as you want, whether you want to do it or not. The point is they know it's not. Uh, uh, it's it is a life, and they know what they're saying is not true. So they have to kind of guise it under this. Well, you know, let me give you this moderate room so that if you really want one, you can get one, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't have to actually face the reality of what you're doing. I don't think that's healthy either, and I think it's led us down this period where we have, you know, a, a good chunk of people who, who I think consider themselves pro-choice, when in all realities, as far as this debate is right now, are completely pro-life. They're mm-hmm. far, the many, I, I, I never forget talking to a guy who used to work here um, years and years and years ago, and he was, you know, he wasn't in a, an opinion role, he just, you know, worked around the office, as a good guy, and, and we were talking about it one time, and he said, well, you know, I'm, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not exactly conservative, I'm on some things, but, you know, I'm pro-choice. And I was, like, so I, you know, I was talking to him about it, and he got to the point where he basically said, well, what if it's, you know, rape or incest or life of the mother? And I'm like, you're describing George W. Bush's position on abortion. You are not pro-choice in any normal, like, you know, you're still to the left of me. Right. However, like you, in a normal debate in, the, in, in America here, you are a, uh, you're, you're actually a hateful pro-life advocate. Right. I hate to break this to you. People don't have a sense of this because we allow this sort of weird middle ground where it's like, well, I don't really want it, but if he, she wants to do it, it's okay. Or, if, you know, we have I'm not to comfortable it. dictating yeah. to a woman it's, what she can do with her body. Exactly. And that, I feel like at times, sometimes that middle is worse on this issue. It's like it, it makes in a weird world, right? It makes sense that if you actually legitimately, for whatever reason, don't think it's a human life. Well, then you should take the position of the crazy activist. Why would you care to limit someone else's nonsensical f- procedure? Who cares how many times? You know, if it was breast augmentation, you know, there's not a lot of people up against that. A lot of people are for it, actually. Uh, but, like, but no one's like, Grant is very pro breast augmentation. There's no one who's like, ah, how, don't do that with your body. Like, we don't care what you do with your body. Do what you want with your body. Don't end the life of another person. That's what we're advocating here. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yesterday's poll, who is more corrupt? This was tough. The choices were Hillary Clinton, Adam Schiff, and Joe Biden. Hillary Clinton went away with it, ran away with it, 77%. Hillary 19% said Adam Schiff, which is surprising. I thought Joe Biden would be below Hillary Clinton. Joe Biden only got 3%. That's a really good poll. That's one of our better ones, I think, because like you have Hillary with a real name (laughs) brand of corruption, right? right? Schiff is like the recency bias, right? Like Schiff is right in our head. But Joe Biden is the one actually running for president. I mean, you'd look at that, I think, as a Democrat and say, wow, that's actually a great poll. I mean, I know these things aren't scientific. No, they are. But it is what's in the mind (laughs) 
of the you know a Twitter user who's a, a conservative. Yeah. Like the fact that Joe Biden finishes third on that is is notable. Well, he'll yell at you if you say he's corrupt. Somewhere. With only three yeah. percent, yeah. by the way. It's yeah. not just a third. It's yeah. a distant. Listen Hillary the, ran away with it, though, the Clinton crime that's family. True. Gonna, I mean, they're unbeatable in this question. I think this is the best thing that's happened to Joe Biden's campaign <laughs> since it started. <laughs> so I, that's, I'm willing to say that. Uh, today's poll, who is the GOP's best fighter in Congress? Your options are, are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, Ted Cruz, or Doug Collins? Hmm. It's tough. I'm, go Jim Jordan. I'm going Jim Jordan. I'm going Jim Jordan. Yeah. He's, he's very consistent Jordan. in how he presents his, his stuff very quickly. A couple other yeah. guys on there you could have thrown in there, though, like Louis Gohmert. Yeah. Louis Gohmert's yeah. a very good one. Yep. Uh, I mean, Cruz does it, but he's not always, you know, no. he, it's, he's, he's not, not as visible I don't right, think. at the moment. Well, it's all been in the House, too, a lot yeah. of this. Yeah. For, yeah. for the most part, right? He's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. So uh, this will be a, another recency bias, too, right? Because we've been listening to Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, yeah. and Doug Jordan Collins. Was pretty consistent. Like Collins, I honestly don't know all that much about. He's kind of been in the in our viewpoint only recently. Yeah. Gates is is to me a little too He's like auto defend Trump. I think, Trump, yeah. I think yeah. you know, like he doesn't. You know, I, I think both Cruz and and Jordan take a little like they're willing to to say you know if they think there's a problem, the president's doing something wrong, they're willing to say it. They're saying they're doing. I don't it want right. it to feel like a production. Yeah. Whenever Gates does it, I feel like it's a big production. Yes. I What's agree. fascinating I about this poll though is. For us, those are great choices. But for the American people, if you went out there and named Gates and Jordan, yeah. would anybody have any idea Only who they Cruz, are? Maybe. Maybe Only Cruz, maybe. Only Cruz, maybe. Exactly. And and so um, for people that watch The Blaze, obviously they're, they're ingrained in, in what's yeah. going on and they're tuned in. But the American public, I, I don't think they even know who those people are. Mm. That's depressing. That's really depressing. All right. Well, now that uh, Grant has just bestowed this <laughs> pessimistic view. Well, I'm introduced next week. Um, Grant Stinchfield, Citizens for Breast Augmentation. <laughs> <laughs> no. With a straight face. Yes. Definitely going to do that. organization. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Who is the GOP's best fighter? You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is, of course, at The Blaze. Guys, thanks for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Well, if you wear another blazer like that, though, you gotta, yeah. you gotta bring. You've set the standard now. Mm. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.